Hallelujah. You may be seated. It's a privilege to stand here, and I'm grateful to God for it. I'm also grateful to my leader, Pastor Sunday Adu. Thank you. Thank you so much for leading me well for 10 good years. I want to honor the uh, general overseer represented in this house today by the general secretary of the Gospel Faith Mission International, Pastor Femi Omowumi. And I also want to thank Pastor Dr. Femi Odeyemi for that wonderful, wonderful presentation. Bless the Lord for his grace upon your life. Just like the announcer said, uh, today is my wife's 65th birthday. And I honor you in the name of Jesus. Next month, in just about a month, this woman will have been blessing me for 42 years. 42 years of marriage. By August 16, today is July 16. By August 16, we will have clocked 42 years. I bless the Lord for marrying you, and I thank God for the way you have helped my life. This morning, I trust that the Lord is going to speak something beautiful, encouraging, uplifting to each one of us as we are here. So in order to receive from God, can we pray together? Almighty God, we thank you and honor you for everything you've done since this meeting started. We give you all the glory, all the praise, all the adoration because of your awesome love. Thank you for honoring the faith of our leader. Thank you for starting with us big and for making each day to be greater. And thank you for the blessings we have received. Thank you for the deposits you have given to us that will make greater works a work true. Father, we give you all the praise and honor. And at this moment, oh God, I commit this session to you. I pray, Daddy, that you will make my mouth, my lips, as the pen of a ready writer. And you will make the words that proceed out of my lips to not be the letter which kills but to be the spirit that gives life. Thank you, almighty God, because your spirit is taking over to the glory of your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Today I've been asked to speak on greater works through legacy. And my text is taken from Psalm 78, from verses 4 to 7, it reads thus, We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise 
and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. The next text is in Psalms 145, verse 4. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty works. Somebody say amen. amen. Let me start by saying this, that there is no one who should live this life just passing through the motions. Because when we came to Christ, he gave us not just life, but life abundantly. And this life is expected to be lived and also to be expended for impact. And that is what will make us to really fulfill the purpose of the abundant life that, abundant life that he gave us. We have an example of days in the life of Apostle Paul. In his testimony that we read in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 to 7, this is what Apostle Paul said. He said, For I am ready, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now, Looking at the testimony of Paul, I want us to understand that he did not finish the work, even though he said this to us. The testimony that he had is summed up in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, where he said he labored abundantly more than all the other apostles. But one thing he did, was only to complete his own assignment. Paul did not finish the work. And I make bold to say here today that no matter how you live your life to the fullest, no matter the level of anointing that is upon your life, no matter the level of grace that you carry, you won't be able to impact every soul on planet Earth or solve all the problems someone will have to pick up from where you start. And that is why legacy is not just something you want to look over. It's something that is important. Because I bless the Lord for what we've had and what we've received in this convention, but the certainty is this, there's coming a time when others must of necessity Receive the baton from us. You will have been satisfied. You will have been comfortable with what God has sent you to do. Just like Paul testified in this place. That the Lord has enabled you to carry out your own assignment. But let me say this to you. That's all you can do. You will be able to do your assignment, but not the assignment of the other brother not the assignment of the other sister. I said that none of us will be able to finish God's work because it's too large for a person or a group of persons or a generation to complete because God's work is as big as God himself. 
Because no one can comprehend God fully, fully, and no one has been able nor will be able to search him out. We will all, and I'm referring to you particularly, we will all leave something behind. And the generations coming behind will speak about us and the things that we have left behind. That's what Psalms, the book of Psalms 78, where we read, uh, was testifying to. Amen. Thank God that we have had people in our contemporary world and in ministry who have been examples of legacies that have spanned centuries and generations. In fact, when we talk about legacies, not all these people were Christians. It's not all of them. We had politicians. We have uh, professionals. And we have people in the ministry that God has used to leave legacy. The only difference between all of them is that each one will leave legacy depending on their focus and their goals. For example, politicians leave legacies to perpetuate rulership. Professionals like doctors leave legacies for the practice of medicine to continue in the family. But by the grace of God, I believe those of us who are here, including me, we have set the Lord always before us, just as David said in Psalm 16, verse 8. He said, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Our only goal for perpetuating legacy is that the will of the Lord will be done and that his knowledge will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. Amen. So people of God, being in the Lord, serving the Lord, investing your life and everything God has given to you in him and for the cause of his glory, is going to come to a comma or a stop one day. And after it has done, happened that way, there will still be a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. A lot of grants to, to cover. A, love, a lot of love to still uh, circulate. And if there are no people that have received the legacies of what the Lord gave to you, that will be pathetic. But for us, it shall not be so. We belong to the camp of David. That's the company to which we belong. We have set the Lord at our right hand, and we know we shall not be moved. David said in verse 9 of that chapter of Psalm 16, he said, Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices, and my flesh also will rest in hope. A time is coming for our flesh to rest. And I want you to hear that clearly. A time is coming for your flesh to rest. It doesn't mean that you'll be dead, but if you live long and the Lord Jesus doesn't come in another 50 years, I wonder how many of us will still be here. Or let me say 80 years. 
Because the Lord is going to give us longevity of life, right? Amen. But even when you live long like that, at some point in your life's history, your body will ask for rest. It's going to ask for rest. And at such times, the work of the Lord will not need to be slowed down. You are not dead, but your body is saying no more. You can't do the running, you can't do the jumping, you can't do everything that you wish to do. There has to be somebody that will take over from there. Again, this is why legacy is paramount. Let me quickly go to what legacy is then. Legacy, according to Peter Stropel, is not leaving something for people. It is leaving something in people. Hear that definition again. Legacy is not leaving something for people. It is leaving something in people. The inheritance we pass to our children is more than the material possessions or the financial assets outlined in our will. Legacy is building something that outlives you. Legacy is greater than currency. It's greater than real estate. It's greater than inheritances. Although the Bible does not condemn living inheritances, because the Bible says in Proverbs 13.22 that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Also in the words of Leonard Sweet, he says, what you do is your history. What you set in motion is your legacy. All of us will have a, an history. I believe for all of us, uh, it's going to be good history. By the grace of God. I expected you to see an amen there. But not only history does God want you to have. He wants you to have something you set in motion after you have gone. So let me repeat this to you, sir and ma, that you can live forever. No one can, but you can create something that will live forever. It is what the Lord Jesus left in his disciples that made Christianity survive the first century and caused it to thrive despite the grievous persecutions. It is the legacies handed down from generation to generation that is sustaining the truth of the gospel and the power of the cross until today. And that's why Billy Graham said this, and I quote, the greatest legacy one can pass on to one's children and grandchildren is not money or other material things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and faith. Amen. So I believe you are already with me now, thinking about legacy. Maybe before today, you've been thinking about acquisition. It's good. It's good to acquire. But there is something better and more important than acquisition. That thing is called legacy. Let me quickly tell you what legacies do. A legacy gives you an opportunity to live for a purpose that's bigger than yourself. That's the first thing that legacies do. In the Passions translation of the Bible, 
Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Before we were even born, he gave us our destiny that we will fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. See, what Paul the Apostle was saying in this place is that, just similar to what he said, that you have and I have been bought with a price. Jesus Christ claimed us as his own inheritance, even before we were born. And he gave us a destiny. And that destiny is to fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. Not the one that is in your heart. Not the one that is in my heart. But to accomplish the purpose that is in his heart. And I thank God because ministers who have ministered on this pulpit before me have spoken powerfully on this theme. So that is a purpose of God which should not terminate with you. That is a purpose in the heart of God we should not even end with this present crop of leadership. There is a purpose in the heart of God, which if Jesus tarries, should not end with any of us in this gathering today. There is that purpose. It's a big purpose. It's bigger than you and I. Legacy of fathers in this church reminds us that there is a higher purpose than living for ourselves. Just like the sons of Zebedee, many of them forsook their lucrative necks to follow the great shepherd who had nowhere to lay his head. People of God, in Gospel Faith Mission International, the legacy we have received is that life is more than acquisitions. Life is about purpose. Amen. I want you to echo that with me. Life is more than acquisitions. Life is about purpose. And so, people of God, as we walk into the realms of greater works, this legacy must not die. And it will not die in Jesus' name. See, God gave us people who were talented, who were gifted, who will stand in any community, and they will make it in any field, whatever field they went to, they will make it. But they chose to live for something bigger than them. That is what legacies, legacy does. And that's the legacy handed down to us. And that's what the Lord wants us to take hold of and run with. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Another thing that legacy does is that it gives you a footprint of how to walk the path. You know, life is like wilderness. And we are walking from point A to point B. There are times that you get to some junctions of life where you don't know which way to go. I grew up in a, in a village, in a farm. And most of the time, when you are sent to a remote village to go do something, one of the things that helps you is to look at the path and know where there have been footprints so that you don't miss your way. 
And that's what God is saying to us, that legacies gives us footprint of how to walk the path. In Jeremiah 6, 16, hear what the Lord says. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But in our own case, we say we will walk in it. Amen. When Jeremiah wrote this, they said they would not want in it, walk in it, but I trust that in government NA, we will walk in those ways. In 1 Peter 2.21, the Bible says, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you and I should follow his steps. Amen. And we found out that the apostles of old they all followed in their footsteps. That's the legacy that Jesus gave to them. Let me give you an example. One of the legacies that Jesus gave was the legacy of living a crucified life that I just spoke about here. Living a life of higher purpose than you. Many of the times when Jesus called the people, he, he told them scary things. There was a time he told some disciples, he said, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. That means you must get ready for what you are going into. Yet, people followed him. Because he already made them to understand that the life he was calling them to was a life of crucif crucifixion. No wonder. When Paul was speaking in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he himself was able to say, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And that the life he lived then in the flesh, he lived by the faith in the Son of God who loved and gave himself for him. Amen. And we all know that the crucified life is the epitome which greatly influenced the apostles. That was a legacy that was handed to them. And it really influenced the apostles. History has said that all the apostles died violent death except one. John the Beloved, and they attempted to also kill him also violently. Only God did not allow it. So it will have been in record that all of them died violently. How do you follow such a path? It's because you already have a legacy that what you are stepping into is a crucified life. And you've made up your mind before you, even, before you set out that this is what I'm taking. It's a legacy. Another thing that legacy does is that it opens your heart and senses, both spiritual and natural senses, to secrets of success. I have this that the Holy Spirit gave me when I was preparing this, that success is not always laid out on the top of the shelves for everyone to pick. Success is like pearls. You dig it out. And so when people ahead of you have handed to you a legacy that resulted in success for them, you can adopt the same secrets they employed so that your own success will be greater and will come faster. And again, I want to bless the Lord for my national overseer, Pastor Sunday, Joseph Adu, who has left those, uh, given us, those of us who worked with him, a legacy of hard work. 
I just want to report him to everybody here today. This man works so hard. And he had no pity on those of us who are old. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyway, sometimes he pitied us. Sometimes he pitied us. I mean, you can't work with him without being hardworking. Let me tell you something. At, at the beginning of this administration, others and myself, we appointed ourselves to monitor him because he wouldn't rest. And uh, I remember we gave him a day for Sabbath. That day was Monday. And Monday morning, I would call him, where are you? You can guess where he will be. It's not all the time. Let me tell you this. After a time, I gave up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I gave up. But you know what? When I saw the results of this hard work, all I just started doing was praying. Lord, you will be his support. Lord, you will carry him. Lord, you will imbue him with strength. And I bless the Lord that the Lord has done that. Amen. That's a legacy. That's a legacy. And I want to say to all that are coming, and anyway, many of us have been together as well, this work is hard work, especially when it comes to leadership. And it's a good legacy. Laziness is not something you want to hand over to anybody. And if we are stepping, as the Lord has spoken to us, we are stepping into an era of greater works, People of God must be prepared to work hard. Thank God because he's our enabler and he will strengthen us. Another thing that legacy does is that it saves time for reinvention. It saves time. It cuts time short for you. With good and strong legacies, generations coming behind don't have to reinvent the wheel. When those who do not have good legacies handed to them, uh, are still struggling. Those who inherited strong legacies have moved on because they only need to build on available foundations. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, we know this even in the secular world that if you have people that have handed some things to you, maybe you've had people in your family that have gone through it. Uh, not like me, I was the first graduate in my family. Uh, but you've already had graduates here and there who can guide you, who can give you the know-how of where you want to go. Things become easier for you. And we bless the Lord because in Gospel Faith Mission International North America, we have a good legacy. One of them is what Dr. Demi has just spoken about, the legacy of order. It's not just on paper. Uh, the man of God spoke about uh, our administrative manual. But as I know and testify to it, it has been inbuilt in most of us. And I bless the Lord for that. The Holy Spirit moves mightily among us, but he moves us not into disorderly or into disorderly conducts, just as the man of God has spoken. And so, in order for the greater works to manifest, and the way the Lord God Almighty means for it, for us to be free from wranglings so that we can dedicate ourselves to the things that God has for us. That legacy that is handed on to us must be a legacy that we follow. And I pray that the Lord will help all of us in Jesus' name. 
Let me quickly run on this part because I'm afraid about this countdown of time. Jesus' legacy. Let me speak briefly about Jesus' legacy. I spoke about sacrificial life already. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 9 is an example of Jesus living a sacrificial life. He didn't have to leave heaven. He was equal with God. He was not struggling to be equal with God, but he still left it, and he humbled himself, and he became vulnerable. He chose to be revealed as a man, and he was obedient. And this is a perfect example, even in his death for us. And because of that obedience, God has exalted him and multiplied his greatness. I believe strongly that the greatness of government NA is being multiplied. And the more we empty ourselves, the more there is room for the Lord to fill us for greater works. Hear that again. The more we empty ourselves, the more there is room for the Lord to fill us with greater works, or fill us for greater works. Another legacy that Jesus Christ left us is the legacy of righteous life. In John 14, 30 to 31, he said this, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave commandment, even so I do. So what he was saying in verse 30 is that the devil could not have anything to hold to in his life. And the Bible says in 1 John 3, 9, Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for a seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. In government NA, there is a legacy of living for God, living righteously. When we travel and we're doing missionary trips, we don't entertain ourselves with strange women. We do not empty the coffers of the church purse. We don't do it because there is a legacy of righteousness handed to us. The fear of the Lord is in the house. And we know that if we're going to do greater works, we need to hold on to this legacy. Pastor Dickie was talking about this. You know, in, in our present world today, there are so many things that happen. Going for campaign, going for crusades, and yet you're having a strange woman with you. We don't do it. In, in, when we go on, in, uh, on travel, we don't do it at home. We thank God for his grace and the legacy handed off to us. And for greater works, there's a need for us to hold on to this legacy. Another legacy is that of servanthood that Jesus left us. And we know that he's, he's the only master that we have. Therefore, we are bound to hear and obey his instructions, go to wherever he sends us, and to do whatever he asks us to do. That's the spirit of a servant. You obey him. Go to wherever he sends you and do whatever he asks you to do. Another legacy that we have in government NA is humility. And I want you to listen to this carefully. The Bible says in James 4, 6, but it gives more grace. Not just grace. More grace. Therefore, it says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. 
At the dawn of each day, people of God, we need His grace. So when we are humble, we receive more grace for greater works. Therefore, let us carry on the legacy of walking in humility, always remembering that we are what we are by the grace of God, and we will be what He, God, plans for us to be at the next level of greater works, also by His grace. So when He has taken us there, there is nothing to puff us up. There is nothing to brag about, except that we brag about Him. We talk to people about how great and how awesome he is. Praise the Lord. Another legacy that Jesus gave to us, and I, I want to say to you with emphasis, I know that government NA has taken to be their own is industry. I said something about that before. But hear what Jesus said in John 5, 17, the Passion Translation. Jesus answered his critics by saying, Every day my father is at work, and I will be too. Greater wars will command greater uh, sacrifice and more industry from us. The last time I checked the Bible, God still didn't employ a lazy person for his work. Even the one who grew lazy because of discouragement. You know how discouragement can make you to grow lazy? You want to give up because of discouragement. God revitalized him. That was Jeremiah 27 to 9. Jeremiah was saying, Lord, you gave me this job. I'm in derision every day. Everybody is mocking me. I crowded out. Violence is there. And everything has become a reproach and a derision. And in verse 9 of Jeremiah 27, he said, I will not make mention of you anymore. I will not speak anymore in your name. But the Lord visited him. And the Lord allowed his word to be like a burning fire in him. Shut up in his bones. And what happened to him? He jumped up. He was weary of holding back. And he could not. I pray today that the same level of anointing and grace... And the power of God will come into you and I. The devil will not succeed in making our hands to be weak. When the greater works are happening, you will realize there's the need for more to pray, to fast, to search the Bible, more time for fellowship and everything. It will demand greater work. And I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Two more things here that Jesus left us. Love personified. In John chapter 13 verse 1, the Bible says that when the Lord loved his own people, he loved them to the very end. And I want us to remember that the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 that faith works by love. The miracles of Jesus, I've searched it, I looked at it, they were not demonstrations of his immeasurable anointing, at least from him. They were demonstrations of his love. When Jesus Christ was healing Lazarus, the Bible says he wept. When he met the woman of Nain, whose only son was going to be buried, with compassion, Jesus accosted them and raised up that child. Everything that he did, the works of power that he did, was because he cared. He loved the people. 
And I want you to know that the more love we allow to grow in us, the more greater words will come. God doesn't dwell in the place of hatred. His place of abode is the place of love. Even when he fed the 5,000, you remember the first question he asked them, what are we going to give to these people to eat? Because they've been here for many days. It's out of love. And every, such everything that he did, miracles, it was born out of great love for the people. And lastly, talking about his legacies, oh, two, upholding the truth. Jesus himself is the way, the truth, and the life. He taught the truth. His goal was liberty for all who had him. And he said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Lies and deceitfulness pervade so many puppets today just because of the belly. It's only the truth, people of God, that brings true liberty. In government NA, we have refused to use gimmicks to record any victory or success, whether in our local assemblies or at the national level. The truth has been so blessed. The truth that we teach has been so blessed by the Lord that people are being set free. Doors of blessings are being opened. We now talk of millions of dollars where we once spoke about deficits. Let's give the glory to the Lord. I was sharing, I don't know whether it was with, with uh, Pastor, uh, the NOD, Pastor Pablo yesterday, or the NO himself. I said, look, look at my people. Look at my people in New York. See the way during the week they are sending their tithes. Because I, I have the church uh, uh, email on my phone. This one has paid his tithes. This one has paid his you know, We don't follow them. We don't deceive them. We don't manipulate them. But readily because they know the truth, they just do the will of the Lord. Let me tell you, in the days of greater works, the truth must be maintained. Because that's the only thing that sets people free. Manipulation can work for a moment, but it's going to fail. And the last one here that I have is that we don't touch the glory of God. God said in Isaiah 48, 11, he said, I will not give my glory to another. And I hear God say this, that if we do the great wonders we anticipate, things far more glorious than we ever imagined. But he's saying to us, government any, let us not touch his glory. Let's remember that Lucifer, the well-adorned archangel, lost it because he doubled into the glory of God. The legacy has been handed to us by the Savior Jesus Christ who possessed the glory with the Father from the beginning, but stripped himself of it. Again, many times I had pastor who would say to us in the, in the board, I did not do anything. When we appreciate the grace of God, and he said, no, I didn't do anything. And each time he said that, I've always thought within me that if he said he didn't do anything, then I've only been a spectator in this board. <laughs> But I refuse not to make myself a spectator, but a witness, at least to watch what is going on. But sincerely, and I know he wasn't saying it just for false humility. He called himself 
our national servant when he came in. It took many of us to tell him and also our leaders from above to tell him we appointed you as national overseer. He was, was very comfortable with national servant. And he came back to it before in his last, uh, <laughs> in his last speech to us. Now, what I want to say about this is that in the days of greater wars, which is around the corner, the Lord will depend on the legacy of humility. We're not going to argue with God. We're not going to strive with God. We're not going to pull with him what belongs to him. We let him have the glory. And in closing, hear this, people of God. Isaiah 43, 19 to 21. And please, maybe you want to show this for me. Isaiah 43, 19 to 21. This is the New King James Version. The Lord says this, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people in North America, to give drink to my chosen. And God says about us, you are the people he has formed for himself, and we shall declare his praise. And I want to say prophetically, that government, not America, shall declare the praise of the Lord. Rise with me as we pray. I believe the Lord has spoken to you. Bless the Lord because anointing will increase, grace will multiply. But one thing stands sure. There are some legacies you cannot lose your eyes or lose your hand from. The Lord wants us to hold tightly to them in the days of the greater works. Just want to pray this morning, releasing yourselves to God and tell him, I will walk in the old paths. I will walk with you, not doing my own will. I will not create for myself things that will take me away from the paths of success that I have seen and have been handed to me. Lord, I yield myself to you and I receive grace to toe the line. Can you just open your mouth and pray that prayer in the name of Jesus? Talk to the Lord this morning. Ask the Lord to help you. Receive grace from him. Receive enablement from him, and he will help you in the name of Jesus. The place of legacy cannot be overlooked when it comes to greater works. It's so necessary. You need it in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we thank you for your word you sent to us this morning. We return the glory to you. Lord, I pray for your people. 
I commit each one of us to you. You've shown us the way. You have led us in the path that we need to follow. We receive grace not to derail. In the name of Jesus. We believe you that you will hold our hands and you will continue to lead us. Your power being at work in us. Your grace multiplying over our heads in the name of Jesus. And we know that in the name of the Lord, Gophamins and A's is a land of praise to the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Church, hallelujah. I'm sure I don't need to ask you if you are blessed. I know you are blessed by that word. Oh, if you want to clap, just go ahead and do that again and again. Do that again. Praise the Lord. And by the way, the man of God that just preached now led me to Christ, nurtured me, and I'm standing here today as the pastor. Thank you for your work, Pastor Duro Jayo Jetayo. Your work is speaking right on the altar here this morning. And thank you for what you did. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your prayer. Thank you for scolding me when you needed to do. And thank you for patting me when you needed to do. I appreciate all you've done. Thank you and God bless you. All right, let's have a seat. Don't forget you can't live forever. But you can create something that will live forever. And I know that all our father will still yet live because when they clock 100, they will just be like young boy. You will still see more of the work you are doing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you set to get another dose of blessing from our choir? God bless you.